Well, it's another edition, another night of uh, Tech Talk. I'm Brad Cost with my co-host, the Data Doc of Talk, Dr. Jay Greenstein. Jay, how are you doing? What's going on, brother? It is great to be back. Another week, another guest. Another week, another, another guest. Yeah. Another, another, I don't know what I'm saying, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> another good time another good time how's that you know they just keep going on and on and on every week we we seem we've done a lot of recording lately so we've done a lot of these uh but we've we had amazing guests and uh, we have and today we've got a very interesting guest he came to you and i via another associate that you and i have and we met him he was helping her uh do some things in the prayer room and and today we've got Mr. Leon Wineski. I hope I said that right, Leon. But Wineski, 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 Yeah, and Leon comes to us. He is uh, from the insurance payer background, and has been doing some things about payer transparency. And so we thought he'd be great on the guest. A lot of times we talk, and recently we've been talking about payer insurance reimbursements, some of the issues and troubles and times that are going on uh, in that realm. And so we thought it was just timely to invite Leon to be part of that. So, Leon, welcome uh, welcome to Tech Talk today. Well, thank you so much, guys. Um, so I am starting a new company. It's called Health Cost Labs, Creating Healthy Competition. And what Health Cost Labs is is simply a proxy for information, because you know healthcare right now is a vacuum. There's there's no transparency and insights into what's right and what's wrong, and that leaves doctors open to audits and and middlemen coming after you to try and hit their goal or try and create abrasion to justify their position, and it's total nonsense. Um, I've seen it in the, in the payer side, you know, the, the, the data talks, everything, everything bad out there is visible in a benchmark. So there's really no reason to create abrasion if you are transparent with information. But so, go ahead. No, I was going to say, so Leon, I'd love to take a step back because what you're doing is really interesting, but I'd love to take a step back first and and learn first and foremost a little bit about your history because you've worked for a major pair. We don't have to name the pair, no, but you sure. have worked you have worked for a major pair. So if you wouldn't mind just telling the audience a little bit about what your work, like what your role was sure. and what your work okay. entailed sure. and what the targets were, like what the instructions were that you were receiving from your bosses. Absolutely. So so back quick background. I started out my career as a programmer. Um, and I changed careers to become an actuary. So I, I went through all the exam, some of the exams, um, and, and I moved to the payer in the provider contracting department, which is where you make fee schedules. And since I had like a, a background in programming and data, I saw ways to use the data that wasn't being used before, namely creating benchmarks. And so it, the, the, the reports I generated were, were rich in insights because it showed a lot of, you know, I, I want to say bad actors, but it showed people, you know, bad billers. Okay. When you say bad billers, you mean providers that were billing inappropriately. Yes. Or billing okay. managers. Sometimes the yeah, provider sure. doesn't even know what's going on. Sure. Um, but inappropriate billings. Inappropriate billings, unbundling, upcoding, 
you know, sure. all of it. Yep. So, so the company moved me to the fraud division to help them with their efforts to control cost. And I went up there very excited to, to unleash the data, start, you know, supply the industry with information to make better decisions, to avoid the, the audits and the harm and the waste. Because not only is the doctor harmed with abrasion, the patient is harmed with higher cost. It's a lose-lose situation. But what, what I discovered when I went there was that they were not interested in transparency and, informa- and, and sharing information. And you're they talking were, about the payer. When you the say payer, they, the payer was payer. not interested. Yes, okay. Nope. They were interested in a recovery to hit their goal. So in the managed care space, they have a goal. Like every year, you got to hit recover 200 million, 250, 300, whatever it is. And the way you generate that is to take money back from doctors. Okay, that's how the, that's how the accounting works. I took back this claim. It was worth $10 or $100. $100 goes towards my goal. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I discovered was that when the more providers don't take less money, they just increase their cost to the system. You know, they, they bill more codes or they just add more cost. They don't take less money. And you can see it in the data. So when you take money back from a doctor, his revenue should go down. But the data didn't say that. The data said the revenue staying the same, which means he was code shifting. Hmm. Okay, so I brought this to their attention, the management's attention that, look, you know, this is um, what you're doing isn't working. The cost isn't going down. Right. And they didn't like that. Um, they, they, they ignored me because it, it refuted their accounting. You know, they, they, they didn't want to hear that their goals weren't, weren't being met. They wanted to hear their goals were being met. So they only looked at one part of this, Leon. They were looking they at the recovery money, but they weren't looking at the quote-unquote balance sheet, which showed the assets or the liabilities weren't really changing. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And it was very disappointing to me and, and troubling because this is patient's money that's being spent, and we're not acting in the patient's best interest if we see our actions aren't fruitful. Mm-hmm. Um, so this went on for years and where I was very, um, I kind of hated myself for working there because, um, I was just part of the problem. You should, you really should hate yourself for working. <laughs> I, I agree with that completely. Leon. <laughs> That's great. I did. Um, it was very bad. Um, so I changed, I changed jobs, changed companies. And now I, I worked in a population health company, which specializes in benchmarks, which mm-hmm. is where the truth is. So it was, a, it was a very, um, a turn the leaf for me. I felt much better about myself um, doing working here in this environment. But then the sure. laws changed. The laws changed, and then so now we have um, rate transparency, hospital rate transparency, which um, hit the books January one. So uh, last fall, I went to my my boss and the CEO. Say, hey guys, I want to start my own company. You know. I want to download these rates from the websites and build a, a national database, then put a mobile app on it and a website to inform people of lower cost alternatives. So, so hey, the claim's still going to happen. We just want it to happen at a lower cost hospital. Mm-hmm. Is this a conflict of interest? Because, you know, there's always a conflict of interest in every job. So they said, no, there's, um, there's not a problem. So I'm like, I was, yes. So with that blessing, I am starting my own company. 
And are you still at the population health company as well? I am. I am. So I don't have any revenue from this new company because I I don't have a product yet. So for the last month, I've been researching the hospital websites to find which ones are compliant by posting the prices. Um, So I just finished that. um, So around 40% of the the hospitals in the United States are compliant with transparency. 60% are not. Um, So Leon, I want to get, I want to get to that. um, What the outcome of that in our, in our next segment, but I also want to make sure that we cover in this first segment, how Brad and I met you. Um, So we, we have a mutual friend and, We'll just call her Dr. E and Dr. E was having an, having an issue with an insurance company where the insurance company was recouping money from a self-insured plan and taking money from the doctors, but not reimbursing the plan owner, keeping the money for themselves. And you were able to shed some light on that and help Dr. E kind of understand the mechanics around that. And of course, Brad was able to actually help her look at the data through his company, Infinity and uh, QVR, QVH systems, right? QVH, did I get that right? You got that Thank right. you. There we go. Sure. So, so Leon, maybe you can share, share some of those insights. Sure. So, so, you know, I've been living with this devil of wrong, you know, where audits don't work. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I see people on LinkedIn crowing about, you know, we caught this dirty doctor, you know, and I know it's bullshit. And I'm like, and I'm like, no, this is wrong. It's a benchmark. All this abrasion and harm that that you are actively seeking, actively working in, is avoidable. All you need to do is create benchmarks and share the information. Um, so, Doctor E saw one of my posts, and and it, it rang true. What I just said rang true with her, and I was just sharing her what I s- told you a few minutes ago about how goals work. And, and you were just caught up in, the, in the, um, the accounting to hit the goal for the payer for, so they can get their bonuses. And that, that, then that's what happened to her. So um, I, I only just informed her, like you said, of the mechanics of, of managed care. Sure. Um, Which so. was super helpful and super enlightening. And, and again, and having an asset like Brad to be able to look at some of this data, it was really, really remarkable. Isn't it? It's an eye opener. When once you see the truth, you can't unsee it. Well, you know, we've been looking at, we've actually been looking at that for quite a while. We have an accountable care organization that, I mean, that's the goal using doing these benchmarks. Value-based healthcare is what, what it's called. Is where you're looking at that and doing population management. And, and really and truly, we found huge differences in the hospital facility MD world in uh, specialty centers, they call them, uh, skilled nursing facilities, SNFs, uh, where some of those were pretty bad, and, and probably the worst was home health care. Uh, but the good thing is there are some good ones out there that do build correctly, that do build transparently. Sure. And the problem is identifying those and moving the doctor populations and saying in value-based health care, you say, don't do that. You know, send your patients over here. That They've got the best bang for the buck. And if you do that and you fall under certain dollars, we're going to reimburse you even more at the end of the year. So there are incentives and there are methodologies to do that. Uh, But it it is a big lift. And um, and that world's changing. Accountable health care is... 
accountable health care is no longer, um, I mean, they're dying out and being replaced by more true uh, right. uh, value-based care and uh, in different delivered in different ways. But it's, again, to open that transparency as you right. described it and do that. That'd so be a tough lift. How are it, you doing that? Are are you just going to the websites and of the hospitals and looking at those well, things? Well, what, I, what I'm downloading is the reimbursement rates. It's not claims. Okay, I, I, you can't do benchmark with rates. All you can do is say, you know, this hospital um, charges, you know, forty thousand for a knee surgery, and another hospital charges eighteen. It doesn't get into the claims. But on this first segment, if if you're well, I want to give a secret to your audience, your, your doctor audience, is this. Um, when I was at the payer, they sent a letter that they were going to audit this one doctor. And this doctor hit the roof because he felt he was legit. There was, what he was coding was appropriate, and this was unjustified. And he wanted a report that explained, that justified this audit. Mm-hmm. So they come to me. I take the data, I, I make the benchmark, and I give it to the medical director who sends it to the doctor, Immediately, this doctor corrected his practice patterns because you saw in the data, you know, one month he's up here, then the next month he's down here. So this doctor, he fought back the audit by demanding a report which showed his outlier status, which was fabulous. Um, so, and so, and so that, that's, a vehicle, that's a vehicle for other providers out there that feel like maybe they're doing things the right way or they don't know that they're doing things incorrectly and they can use that as a resource to help them. Absolutely. Before the audit starts, say, okay, give me the evidence that Joe shows why I'm an outlier. And I think if Dr. E would have did this, maybe she was, I don't know what her billing patterns were, but if she was favorable or neutral, mm-hmm. she... She could have said, why are you here? I'm, I'm neutral. I'm favorable. Or maybe she was an outlier and deserving of the audit. I don't know. But and all I want to say is there's, I would certainly do that. If I got a letter, I'm being audited, show me the data. Yeah, and Brad has a lot of that data, and we're going to talk about that in the next segment. Yeah, guys, uh, we're going to take a short break here, and uh, we'll be back. We're talking with Leon Wineski. Wisneski. Wineski. I'm going to keep butchering <laughs> that, and I apologize. Wiz, Let me apologize in the, the in All right, guys. Thank you very much. We'll be right back. Tech Talk. Tech Talk is heard on Anchor FM and many other internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us. All right, we are back and it is Tech Talk with my good friend, my sidekick, my cohort, Mr. Brad Cost. Hey, buddy. The doc, data doc of talk. How do you like that? I never heard you say anything. I thought that was a great tag for you. It is, man. I love it. You, you say it a lot better than I do. I get a little tongue twisted, but but you say it perfectly. So I'll just let you handle that. And today we are with Leon Wisniewski. Leon is enlightening us about what it's like on the payer side of healthcare. He's worked for the dark side. He's come over to the good side. Um, he's the force is now with him, and he's sharing lots of great insights. And and Leon, I want to I want to get back to this whole outlier audit situation. Again, you know, we, we've had a really great 
experience working together, trying to help Dr. E, help other doctors who get audited. But a lot of times what we can see, um, first of all, from the data with the help of Brad and Infinity and QVH Systems is that many times these chiropractic providers, they're not actually really outliers. Brad, you know, we've looked at the data, right? I mean, this yep. is this is what we're seeing. I mean, the vast majority of people are falling within one to two standard deviations of the mean. Right. You know, we consider two deviations and guys, that's two, two deviations from the mean. If you remember your high school statistics class, um, and we consider those normal. Those are normal variations that we see in a population. Yeah. And, and what we're finding is very few doctors that are really outside those means. So a doctor gets a letter, they say, okay, like I'm getting audited, send us your records, do this, do that. Leon, your first suggestion was ask them for the rationale of the audit first. Show me the data, right? Show me the data, all of it, not the pieces you want me to see. So Leon, <laughs> but I love that. I love that. But I've not known a payer yet willing to share that information. So how do you get I, the payers to do it? I, I don't know how, I, again, I don't know how this, this doctor got where he did, uh-huh. but he, he, he went to the medical directors of, at, the, at the payer. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell you, the medical directors are really fair guys. They just, they're referees. They don't want to pick a corner and, and tilt the scale towards a favorable outcome. They just want to keep the peace. Sure. So, so if you're audited, appeal to the medical directors. That's great. That's really great advice. Because they want fairness. And if you go there and say, I want to see the benchmark report because I believe I'm being unfairly targeted, Mm. they should say, that's a fair request. It's not an unfair request. Sure. Like, show me that I'm an outlier and why I have to go through this hassle of doing all this work. I totally get it. It works for that other guy. And that's what I would do if I were one of your audience members. And I'll tell you, we've met with so many medical directors. Um, I mean, Brad, you've been part of many of these meetings with major national payers, right? And and I would agree, like, they actually will sit down and they will spend the time and they will talk to you. So I think that's great advice. It may feel uncomfortable reaching out to, quote, unquote, an executive at a payer, but just do it. You know, what have you got to lose? Somebody's going to say no. It's the worst thing that's going to happen to you, Right. Well, you know, it's even, there's even below that, you know, these medical directors, many medical directors who are not executive directors. So you don't have to go to the top of the ladder to get help. You can go in the middle, just go to the medical directors and say, I'm appealing to your sense of decency because I don't see why I'm wrong. Please show me the report. Be fair. Yeah. Let me, let me insert here just a little bit. This is also Jay, one of the reasons why docs need to be members of their state associations and their IPAs and their IPNs. Don't you agree? I mean, this gives a common voice to do these things when you've got docs that don't feel comfortable doing that. Uh, Just like your group, uh, Jay, I mean, it, it gives a common voice. You bring together a great board that really is your insurance board that really takes this uh, the calls I've been involved with with your group, it, it it's a great. I just want to throw this this in as the pitch for state associations because it's an important thing for you to belong to. That's where you can get some help. It's so true, and you're we're so much stronger together than we are as lone wolves, and we've seen that collectively in the many battles that we've fought, you know, over the years. So, Brad, I think that's that's a really great. An important point for our, list, our listeners to not only hear, but to take action on, to join their state associations. Um, Leon, 
you you're doing some really cool things now with your new company. You're 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 kind of at the forefront of trying to ensure that there's price transparency with hospitals for the public. So just yeah. talk a bit about the mechanics behind that, what you're doing, and then ultimately what that means for the patients and the system. Absolutely. So, so as many of your audience know, maybe, you know, some don't, you know, before January 1st, rates were protected by gag clauses. So if you went in for a knee surgery, a baby delivery, or spinal infusion, you had no idea what the cost was going to be experienced as you as a patient, because those, those rates were invisible to you. Um, so that's all changed January 1st. And hospitals are required to post their payer negotiated rates. That means I can see the rate for Blue Cross, the rate for Cigna, the rate for United, anybody else. And so I'm pulling down these files, and the, ver- the price variance is alarming. And I'll give you one example. There is a spinal fusion treatment, DRG 460, Blue Cross Empire, the one hospital in Poughkeepsie, New York, They've, the negotiated rate is $102,000. A hospital 20 miles away, Duchess of New York, I think it's called, Spinal Fusion, the negotiated rate is $49,000. There's a $52,000 price variance in the, in the 20 miles away. Now, there's no market that justifies that variance. It is just a black hole. It's a swamp. And I'm pulling the curtain back on it. And so, what it, so I'm sorry. So what it means to the patients is lower co-pays and lower deduct. You know, if you're a deductible, you're paying the first eight thousand, first you know eight six, whatever it may be. So if you need an MRI, that could go between five hundred and thirty five hundred dollars, and you don't know until you, after you get the bill. So I'm going to build a mobile app. I'm building a national database. I'm going to put a website on it with a pivot table, and I'm going to put a mobile app on it. And people are going to be able to pick what they want. They're going to see which payers have the lowest rates. So maybe they want to switch payers to go to a lower rate payer. And it's going to fund the middleman. So I've got a couple of questions for you. So why do you think that the payers, A, haven't disclosed their transparencies fully the way well, some the have? What's the difference? What's the it's difference? the law. I mean, it's, it's the law. They're, they're bound by non-disclosure agreements that these rates aren't are, – privilege and they're not allowed they're not discoverable yeah so have you so have you uh but but the law's changed right the first of the year where now they do have do you think some of them just haven't disclosed them yet that they're they're not caught up with time is that what the deal is well they've had one year notice to post these files so it's not a surprise to them but it's the price variation there's so much money between high and low within a, within a neighborhood that it's going to take money out of the system. Freight trains of money are going to come out of the system. So they don't want that. yeah. So if you're a patient, then then you have your primary care doc that's supposed to help you with that. You've got your insurance company that's going to list all the vendors that are approved to uh, are in network. So, so you're suggesting that with your app, you a, a, a patient will be able to pull your app up and say, "Okay, I'm in this network, and here are the vendors my payer says that are legitimate vendors for me that are in network." Yes, and and yeah, so, so here I can choose. Even you get an additional level of selection 
and yours is all based on on pricing then correct yes and the negotiated rates um so if if doctor goes to a pcp you know um and the pcp think needs an mri they can go to the app and say you know procedure code 70350 whatever the mri is and and bing high to low you'll see <laughs> the rate for blue cross or cigna and and the patient can decide where they want to go it's competition and the other the other element of this is if you've got different negotiations because in chiropractic we know like pretty much everybody gets paid the same in the same region like we're all getting pretty much the same rate of pay but it with with hospital systems it could be completely different therefore if a patient has co-insurance and they need to pay a percentage of the bill they go to a hospital that has a two hundred thousand dollar bill for spinal surgery um that's going to be a lot different than a hospital that has a fifty thousand dollar bill for surgery <laughs> for co-insurance absolutely and it's it's not just a co-insurance because you know you're paying 20 insurance company pays 80. well your premium yeah. is is based on the, your utilization so when you take down that 80 percent your premium is going to come down with it it's yeah. transformative yeah no that's great i love that and just the ability to be transparent in pricing is a big step for the healthcare system so kudos to you for doing this it's just i love the idea that it's simple but it's going to be effective. And that's like, that's magic right there. Well, what I'm seeing is that they're, some of these hospitals have made their files, they sabotage the files. They make it very hard to unpack. Shocking. Oh, it's shocking. I know. So, you know, me having worked in the claims, I know how to read the data to unpack it to get to an apples to apples destination with my data. And that's what I tell everybody about claims data. You know, in the beginning, everybody, uh, it's not going to be claims data. That's no good. It's going to be clinical. And then all the problems arose with trying to connect with electronic health record systems, EMRs around the nation. And it just was out crazy. Uh, claims came back still to be the king. And yep. so, you know, where we're doing... 5 million transactions a month, we see a lot of claims data uh, in, in right. basically all across the United States and in multiple states. And it's good and bad news. I mean, the, the, the thing is we see the government, the federal government, using that claims data, trying to get vendors and technology companies to use it for a positive effect. Commercial payers, not not so much, although I think their mentalities are changing a little bit. Uh, but they want the docs that want to do it, want to want to be involved, change patients' lives. And, and I believe there's going to be room for reimbursements to change in that. That's my personal Absolute, opinion. Absolutely. It. Yeah, but... You know, like, you, you, both, you all know the data talks. And, and once people have access to the information, it removes the need for managed care for auditors, for investigators. There's a whole middleman economy oh my God. that is based on opacity, on a no transparency. So once, once that curtain is pulled back, that middleman economy is no longer needed. So damn right they're going to protest because that's their jobs. Leon, Leon's going to pull the curtain behind the Wizard of Oz. I love it. Oh, All yeah. right, so Brad, Brad, we're going to come back for one more segment, right? We got time for one more? We're going to do that. Yeah, no, no kidding. Awesome. We're going to take you out here just a little bit. Darius Rucker, our, our good friend in music.
Tech Talk is heard on Anchor FM and many other internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us. Well, we're back. The final C block tech talk with my, I don't know. You're my partner. You're my co-host. You're my friend. We're good buddies. Yeah. Anyway. And we're the, in C block. It sounds like we're in jail or something, Brad. <laughs> well, you know, that comes back from my radio days. Sorry. We, oh, really? We're on the third segment. Uh, anyway, my, my good buddy, the data doc of talk, yes, sir. Dr. J yes, sir. Greenstein, J. Oh. Always Listen, good to have you, brother. Yeah. We're talking with Leon here, and, and he's got some really interesting ideas. He's got this concept he's doing with this app. And um, Leon, so I want to ask you a couple of questions just to dive into it just a tiny bit different. You're, you're doing all of this. What do you foresee for the next year, two years, three years out of how this evolves uh, as far as your app? Well, right now... I. Price transparency is going to introduce something into healthcare as never seen before. It's called price discovery, the laws of supply and demand. So with comp- when doctors and hospitals lose market share, they got to lower their prices, which means they need to understand the unit cost of everything they do so they can price it correctly and be competitive. So you're going to see some economists and cost accountants coming into the hospitals to figure out what these units cost so that they could price the services accordingly because now it's, it's, it's open market. You know, the, the low-cost hospitals are going to win more market share from the high-cost hospitals. Um, so there's going to be an, an economic wake, awakening in, in the hospital system. So for me... Um, you know, I'm all about trans- patient advocacy and transparency. That's why I do this. Um, so, so here's my platform as I see it going forward. So, so we're going to have a website. It's going to have a pivot table on it, and it's going to sit on top of a database of like a billion records. And I'm going to charge, you know, uh, an access fee per user per year, maybe a thousand bucks. And I'll go out to brokers, maybe doctors. Industry insiders who want to know the price variation. Secondly, there's going to be a mobile app, which is going to it's going to be free to everybody in America. Free sounds better than a thousand dollars. I'm going to tell you that right now. <laughs> well, 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 my the, eyes got big the, on the thousand dollars, didn't I? <laughs> I saw your eyes get big, Brad. <laughs> the app but. is not going to be as as functional as the pivot table. You know, you're only going to see the hospitals in your geo access. You're not okay, going to be so- able. Let me stop you, Leon. Again, for our audience, mainly providers, explain what a pivot table is. Put Sorry, that in guys. Some layperson terms. I, I'm no, a data that's okay. guy. So a pivot table is a, a tool that you put on top of data and allows you to slice the data in different ways. So, for example, spinal fusion, which we mentioned earlier, DRG460, you could select that and you can see every hospital in, say, Dallas, Oklahoma. Orlando, and maybe as an employer, you want to say, "Shit, I'm paying eighty thousand in New York. I can get it for twenty-five in Tennessee. Maybe I'll send my give my plane ticket to Tennessee." So it's a way to slice the data and pick filters so you can understand. You put your data in the ballpark. That's a pivot table. 
Got it. Great. That's a great explanation. I, I just felt like there might be some of our audience that didn't quite understand what pivot tables are. They're their chiros or their docs. And yeah. thanks for the explanation. Um Okay, so you you've got this a billion records is a is a at least, uh, at least. Uh, yeah is a lot. It, it's not as much. I keep telling people that talk, I think they have a large record sets. A billion is is not a lot, uh, <laughs> especially when you're doing nationwide kind of comparisons uh, on that. So um, so how do you 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 plan on charging patients then an access fee, or do you want to find no, other people the, the, that are going to sponsor this in a big way just for the the information um, that you're going to present and then give it to the patients kind of a thing? Is so that, so, the, so there's, there's two audiences. There's the industry insiders which are the, the brokers, um, benefit managers, doctors. That's one bucket. And then the other bucket is the patients. And, and the, the, the PCPs, the, the doctors, uh, the, the benefit managers, they want to see the price variation because they want to make sure they're designing plans for low cost. Okay, that's not the patient. Patient is going to say, here's my mobile app you know, on my phone. I can type in the DRG CBT or DRG code will do a geo access, and, and there is the, um, the information in your area. So, again, Health Calls Labs is just a proxy for information. I'm not right. telling you don't go somewhere. I'm just saying, here's what it costs. Make your own call. I think and no, and I'm sorry, Jake. No, no patient records involved in this, right? None, so there's none. no PHI. Nothing. So security is not the issue as far as patient identifying records. Yeah, you don't want that. Uh, that's a great thing. I got one more question. And if if the health if the healthcare landscape changes uh, in our current political environment, and we go to a Medicare for all kind of mentality where it's a a single payer system, and you know I have a huge personal someday Jay and I are going to have a podcast just talking about the landscape of healthcare and and how. But I have personal beliefs that we won't ever get there. But what happens in your app? Does it does it, it goes go away? away? It, it goes, goes away. away because in, a, in a Medicare for all, everybody's getting paid the same rate. There's no price variation. So that's part of the reason I have a hard time believing it's going to ever go yeah. away. But. In, this, in this country, it's going to be pretty hard to get done. Yeah. Um, yes. You know, Leon. One of the, one of the things that I think our listeners are probably thinking about is. Um, the difference between cost and quality. So we people can search out low cost providers, but I think there's an element of quality. If I'm a patient, I'm like, okay, well, it costs twenty thousand dollars less to get the surgery done at this hospital twenty sure. miles away. But like, is the quality is good? And so, how do patients? How do you see patients and or um, you know health benefit yeah. managers or brokers trying to reconcile both cost and quality? Thank you. That's a great question. So there's an organization called Leapfrog which does hospital quality, mm-hmm. which I'll bring that. And they, they, they flag hospitals green, yellow, red, based mm-hmm. on the surgery. I don't know how they quant- qualify quality. Mm-hmm. But I hope it's not like Yelp. <laughs> but I, I, yeah, I'm but, calling Yelp out. I don't really care. I hate Yelp. But they they're, suck. The, they're the clinical authority, so I don't want to step in that. I don't want to get in that lane at all. No, no, no I hear you. But, they're, um, but, they're, but that's an important element for patients. It, it is. But really, the truth goes back to the data and benchmarks. And, and the data talks. So in my opinion, a quality experience is when your outcome has the same number of claims 
as other people getting the same treatment. So you just said a word that's really important in that because Jay brought up an amazing observation there is cost and the balance of good health care. There is a tipping point and a balance point there that's that's very, very important, and it's based on the data results called outcomes, which are the outcomes what, when you look at huge data sets uh, across doctors' procedures in the chiropractic world, it's episodic events. Uh, yes. You know, we're doing some work today, matter of fact, for Jay, looking at episodic <laughs> events. And, um, and uh, so... It, there is that balance, and you're right, that the data may lend itself to that, and there will always be a level, level of that that sort of creeps underneath the data, I think, that is reported things that are issues with docs, whether their personality, it may not affect their surgical or episodic kind of outcomes, but they may just be bad docs, you know. Uh, and and you've got to let a whole other mechanism take care of that. But mm-hmm. looking at large data, you for sure can do that. I mean, we we can do that now. We have an algorithm that we use that there. looks at the success of a doc and are there outcomes meeting national yes. standards. It's one of the big things we're doing today is looking at uh, is this normal across the United States when a patient presents this way with this diagnosis. Uh, this is about how long it should take to treat them. And here yes. are the procedures and, that it should take to do that. And there's some areas of specialty that's still unknown a little bit. And we're hoping to drill into that in the next few years to help help adjust some of that. And we've got some cool tools to do that. All yes, right, sir. Jay, you got any? I, I sort of jumped over the top of you. I apologize that for my no, friend, no, but to get, jump good. in. Jump it's in. all good. So the only other thing that I, I think we want the audience to know is, Leon, how can people connect with you? Where, you know, do you have a website for the product yet? Um, like, where? How no, can people so connect? On LinkedIn, primarily. LinkedIn, uh, I'm, okay. I'm out there, but hopefully soon I'll have my website will be up with data under it, so that you could understand the power of the data. Cool. So um, that's coming. Can't wait, Leon. I think what you're doing is fantastic. And I just want to thank you. You've you've been a great um, collaborator with us, a, a great partner in terms of really helping doctors um, and, their, and their challenges when they get unfairly audited. And you've just been a really phenomenal resource. And I, I just appreciate your transparency and your intellect and also your desire to make it right for patients, providers, and the system at large. So thank you. you, my friend, for coming to the Absolutely. coming to the good side. And, and you know, you've got the force in you. I can feel it. Thanks, guys. I love talking to you guys. <laughs> Jay, it's just amazing to me how vast our network is, buddy. I mean, it's crazy. <laughs> I'm always shocked, but I shouldn't be. I mean, you and I get out and talk all the time. We do this. We do this yeah. with networks, groups across the United States. Uh, it is just amazing how interested people are in the profession, changing the profession. Don't you agree with that? I mean, people oh, yeah. are desperate to find the true pathway to go down to be a helpful resource of healthcare, to live a better life. And you know my old catchphrase, to change the world. I mean, people really are desperate for that. And you and I are the purveyors of, of that speak and that truth. Uh, and that's why we're friends, my friend. Amen, brother. Amen. Well, brother, we've got, we've got, uh, we've, we've got to run. It's up. Time's wow. over. Man, that was uh, fast. You know, it just, it just goes by so quick. 
but we'll have a new exciting guest next week. And uh, you and I are going to be together a little bit. And uh, yeah, can't wait. You know, the truth, the truth goes forward. Yes, it does. And we'll let you know, folks. Thank you for joining us. See you. You've been tuned in to Tech Talk Tech with Talk. my friend, the data duck of talk, Dr. Jay Greenstein. See y'all. Tech Talk is heard on Anchor FM and many other internet radio stations around the globe. Thank you for joining us.